Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Wiser Roundtable, where we believe the best advice should always be conflict-free. With me today is Matthews Barnett, Certified Financial Planner at Wiser Wealth Management. Casey Smith is away, but he'll be joining us again next week. I'm Brad Lyons, and today we're going to talk about how to follow the five steps to have financial success in retirement. This is a new document produced by and written by Matthews Barnett here at Wiser Wealth. And we're going to talk this week about the five steps that we can take in order to have greater financial success in retirement. On the successive weeks, you know, following weeks, what we'll do is take each one of these topics and explore it in a much more deeper dive, I guess. And by doing so, we'll give you greater detail and understanding on how you can have financial success in retirement by following these five steps. So if you'd like to follow along, you can download the document at our website at wiserinvestor.com and have the five steps in front of you during each one of these broadcasts. So Matthews, you wrote this called Follow These Five Steps to Have Financial Success in Retirement. Tell me a little bit about this. Yeah, so retirement's obviously a, a very broad category. We could go on for hours discussing that in general, and we will discuss in more detail each one of these topics and following podcasts. The five main ones we focus on for retirement success today are the first one is managing cash flows. Uh, the second would be building and maintaining cash reserves. Uh, the third one is maintaining investment discipline. Uh, the fourth one would be avoid carrying debt. Uh, and then the fifth one is uh, Social Security optimization or maximizing Social Security. These are very broad topics, but within each one, there's going to be a great amount of detail. So we're going to kind of cover them with a broad brush today and go through each one of these. It's interesting that, you know, by following, you know, a few steps, most people can do a great deal of work towards putting together financial freedom in their retirement. And, you know, by categorizing them in this way, it can give people even a pathway towards doing that. So the first thing that people want to do is to manage their cash flow by understanding what their cash flow is. That's right. Uh, you know, we see a lot of times we ask clients, whether it be their current budget or future retirement income goals, uh, a lot of times they don't really have that number. They've just been kind of socking away money and just trying to live off that. Uh, it's important to understand your cash flows, uh, where that's going. We're not actually necessarily trying to tell people how they should be spending their money on a what. We really just want to have a better gauge on what those expenses are so you can kind of dial it in to, uh, you know, have a plan for that. Really, you need, the first thing you need to look at would be uh, your overall expenses just for necessary uh, items like food, clothing, shelter, transportation. Those are kind of the main things that you would need uh, in order to be living, and that's kind of what the goals you want to accomplish. After the essential needs, you kind of look at the discretionary items like what other type of lifestyle would you like to, to live. Uh, probably the biggest one we see is travel. A lot of times, obviously, in those first few years of retirement, a lot of people just want to travel a lot. Uh, they may not maintain that five to 10 years after retirement, uh, but they do want to have a lot of travel expenses up front. So uh, it's really just understanding what the cash flow is, and then you can kind of back your way into that number. You know, when we talk about cash flows, you know, first thing that comes to most people's mind is the word budget. Nobody likes that word. Right. Nobody likes the budget. Okay. But that's really not what we're saying here. What we're really doing is helping them to define what their expenditures are. What's it going to cost them? to retire? What's it going to cost them to live in a lifestyle that they had expected for themselves and planned to be in? So we're not, like you said, trying to limit anybody's expenditures or trying to tell them how they should do this, but rather give them a better understanding of how they spend their money in retirement on a weekly, monthly, and annual basis. That's right. And then a lot of times people think, they don't think in the terms of that. They think of how big their nest egg is or what they've saved up. A lot of times we hear, well, how much do I need to have saved up? And that's not really the right question they should be asking. It should be, 
when do they want to retire and on how much would they like to retire on? Unfortunately, you've seen all those commercials that always have that, just what's your number? And I think that kind of skewed the way that people think. Uh, obviously, building a nest egg is as high as you can and get is uh, necessary to supplement that, but it really comes down to uh, analyzing what your cash flows are, what your retirement goals are, and then kind of backing your way into that. And another factor involved with this is, is something that people know about, but they really don't may not know how to calculate it and to figure that into a cash flow, and that's inflation. Inflation, even at the low amounts that we've seen the past 10 or 15 years, although it's creeping up now, low amounts over long periods of time, and we plan for retirement for people to go from 65 to go to age 95 at least, right? So that's a 30-year period, which uh, is going to have an effect on the costs of the their goods and services that they need for their lifestyle 30 years from now. That's right. It's tough to think of future dollars in today's dollars, and you do have to account for inflation. A lot of times people don't, and that can really eat into their retirement plan. Uh, I know at Wiser Wealth, uh, we run the inflation rate of just the historical averages of 2.25 for annual living expenses and inflate that out throughout retirement. Uh, and then another overlooked aspect is actually healthcare costs as well. So we will uh, input healthcare costs in today's dollars, whether it be private health insurance or Medicare costs, uh, and inflate that at 5% annually to keep up with the increasing cost of healthcare as well. Uh, and so that's kind of how the goal and what we mentioned, the cash flows, is we're trying to discover those annual uh, living expenses, healthcare expenses, and supply that throughout the rest of your retirement for those 30 plus years from uh, age 65 or whenever you retired through the age of the plan at, at 95. So we're going to get a better understanding of our cash flows. We're going to take into effect inflation and healthcare costs, which are rising, and put together a plan to manage those cash flows for the 30-year period that we're going to look at for retirement. After that, we're going to look at building and maintaining cash reserves. Okay, why is this important to have a cash reserve in? In retirement yes yeah, so a lot of times you think of accumulation phase which is when you're working you're saving uh, and then there's the decumulation phase which is the retirement phase when you're no longer working have supplemental income and you're living off your investment portfolio so these are completely different ways to look at things during the accumulation phase you want to have three to six months uh, of expenses and uh, for emergencies uh, and just cash reserves so that was when something would come up with your home your house your health your car and things like that so that you're not going into debt. However, that's a little bit different when you're in retirement and you're actually living on all those assets and your reserves anyways. Uh, so Brad, you can probably take this over a little bit, explain to what you're doing for our clients day to day with cash management of retirees. Well, cash management uh, within a portfolio that is in its uh, retirement phase is of primary concern to us as investment managers and financial planners. Because what we're doing is we're looking at giving our clients a peace of mind throughout their retirement period knowing that there's cash in the portfolio there for their expenditures so that should the market fluctuations we go through a, a a a downturn in the market for example that we're not selling securities in the account while they're in a low phase we'd like to prefer to sell them of course at a, when they're when they're higher so as a portfolio manager what we're looking at doing is creating a, a cash bucket, if you could, if I could use that term. And in this cash bucket, we're going to put two years of expected monthly cash flows okay, to pay out the retiree. Now, we don't want to have that money just sitting in cash for, and not participating in any way of gaining interest or in the market, but we don't want to have it at risk either. So we'll utilize a type of security that is a cash-like vehicle, a cash-like security, 
up to 18 months and put six months or so in cash itself. By doing so, we know that should we go through any sort of a downturn in the economy, which produces a downturn in, in the stock market, those last on average about a half a year. In fact, it's about 145 days is the average bear market for the S&P, which is about six months or so. By being able to have enough cash to weather any economic storm that we're in, that certainly would go through two-year period, will allow the portfolio to continue to participate in the marketplace for that period. And in the event that we have a higher prices, we'll use those gains and replenish the cash bucket to the extent that it's been withdrawn from for that 24-month period. So we'll utilize ups and downs in the marketplace and take this cash bucket and make sure that we've always got 24 months going in it uh, for, for your monthly expenditures. Again, maintaining cash reserves for payments keeps your portfolio protected from any market downturn. Right. And I think especially in retirement, a lot of people have probably heard of sequence of return risk. When the market drops while they're retiring, they're withdrawing from the principal in their portfolio. It's harder for that to rebound when they're when the market's down and they're t withdrawing from the portfolio. So we're trying to have enough cash there. So when the market is down, that they, they're able to continue to live the lifestyle they want to live. Okay. So we're going to manage our cash flows. We're going to build a maintain cash reserves. Then after that, you know, we need to talk about investing. So we're going to maintain investing discipline. That's right. It, it, it sounds simple, but sometimes it, it's not for retirees. It's kind of a different perspective for them. The biggest issue that we see is obviously we've talked about in the past is uh, you can't get sold fear. So this is what happens when a lot of times when uh, annuity salesmen will sell you on fear of the annuity of the guaranteed income or, you know, you can never lose, never lose anything, but you can always participate in the upside of the market. So uh, you kind of have to get away from being in the scare tactics there and realize uh, that you just need to be invested in a diversified portfolio. I would say another thing that we see is uh, people, uh, you know, realizing that they're, they're now retired uh, so that they should not be invested in the stock market, that they should be more conservative in cash-like investments or thinking back to the 70s, 80s, you're getting double-digit returns on your fixed income. Now they think they can retire on a, a, a portfolio full of fixed income securities. And that's unfortunately not not the case these days. And so um, that's why it's important to really stay focused and have a diversified portfolio. One of the big reasons to maintain uh, exposure to equities in a portfolio is because we're looking at a 30-year period again. And let's talk about one of the things that you know we first were talking about, and that's inflation. Inflation is going to cause the price of goods and services to go up over that 30-year period that we find our retirees in. And so we need to have stocks in the portfolio to outpace inflation so in order to constantly replenish this cash bucket that we talked about. You know, over long periods, we've known that what happens that when people try and time the market over periods of time, that they're often, you know, selling out of the greatest fear when the market's down. And then by the time they recover emotionally from the market being down and experiencing a loss of value, and they decide to get back in the market, they find that the market has prices have risen, and so they're buying high. So it's just the opposite of a professional investment, and that being that most retail investors are often selling low and buying high. And this is something that we want to avoid by maintaining you know, good investing discipline. One of the things that, that we do often is that when the market does rise in value, it causes the equities to be out of balance relative to a target. So what we'll do is we'll 
rebalance the portfolio, taking advantage of the gains that the stock market has given given us. Sell those off a little bit, buy a little bit more in the bonds, go, re, go back to your target, let's say that's a 60-40 portfolio where 60% is invested in the stock market and 40% is invested in the bond market. So if it rises to 65% stocks and 35% bonds, what has happened is, of course, you've gotten some gains there, but it's also caused the portfolio to have a little bit more risk than is needed or can be withstood. So we'll sell off the stocks, take it back to 60%, take that money, put it into bonds. It's called harvesting those gains, and then go back to the, the maintained weighting of 60-40. So rebalancing is an important part of maintaining investing discipline. That's right. And go back to your point of the 60-40 portfolio. How would we come up with a portfolio for the retirees was we would send a risk tolerance questionnaire to them that would let us have a better gauge on their risk tolerance. And then we would also look at risk capacity, meaning how much risk they could actually take on within their portfolio based on their financial plan and in order to have the highest probability of success for them. So that's where we come and we figure out exactly what their model portfolio or allocation should be. And then when these tough times come, like March of last year, if you have clients or have people calling you trying to go to more uh, conservative investments like fixed income or cash that you, you know, you remind them that, you know, we've planned for this within the plan. We've also planned for this, that it happens throughout uh, market timing in general, uh, and that you just stay, stay focused on the long term and stay disciplined in those allocations uh, for the long term. Right. As they say, it's not timing the market, it's time in the market. That's right. right. Okay. So we're going to manage our cash flows. We're going to build and maintain cash reserves. We're going to maintain an investment discipline. And then the fourth thing is we're going to avoid carrying debt into retirement. Yes. So uh, obviously some people will carry uh, debts right now with uh, you know mortgages and credit cards, car loans, uh, some other types of debt. Uh, sometimes you can, can't avoid those, specifically with the mortgages. Uh, but we want to have all those paid off by retirement, especially even the mortgage. So uh, there's a lot of different ways that you could do that, but we usually are uh, helping clients build up to that throughout their you know first 10 years before retirement or so you're always focused on paying the smallest debts paying those down and then working towards paying off that mortgage by retirement uh, there's a lot of ways that we can do that whether it be somebody that read five to a 15-year mortgage or has a 30-year mortgage that we're aggressively paying down over those periods of time in order to not have that mortgage well paying off our debts you know for retirement does really a lot of things for us it even goes back to the the first thing that we talked about is uh, managing our cash flows by reducing those debt payments we're increasing our our cash flow aren't we that's right so we're actually planning to have more income in retirement by reducing those debt payments what it also does is that it, it avoids the, the the trap that people get into and we all do we're, we're as we pay interest we're paying somebody else we're making somebody else wealthy when we pay them interest. We want to stop that. We want to stop making other people wealthy. We want to use the client's money to make our clients wealthy. That's right. And unfortunately, what we hear a lot with these historically low interest rates right now is, well, I'm only paying two and a half. I'm only paying 3%. You know, why shouldn't I just pay this, uh, continue to pay this? And the reason is, uh, most likely, they just sit, have that sitting in a cash account anyways, earning less than half a percent. So, whether than losing 2.5% on the mortgage, paying somebody else each year, like you said, pay yourself. Those monthly payments can add up over time. And during retirement, not having a couple thousand dollar mortgage payment per month uh, not only helps you out to enjoy your retirement more, but it also provides a lot more financial peace of mind. Peace of mind. That's exactly what I was thinking. You know, knowing that, you know, your, your home is paid for, that your automobiles are paid for, that 
you know, other debts that you may have accumulated, you know, you paid off prior to going into retirement, just gives you such a great, wonderful sense of peace that, you know, it, it just, you know, makes retirement so much better for you. And because that's one of the things that we're, when we talk about, you know, successful retirement, it's also financial and, you know, personal as to the extent that we can help. That's all wrapped up together. So we're going to avoid carrying debt as our fourth item. Uh, so we're managing cash flows, building and maintaining cash reserves. We're going to maintain investment discipline. We're going to avoid carrying debt. And then we're going to look at Social Security. We want to maximize Social Security. You know, there are so many different ways that as individuals we can elect to choose how we receive our Social Security. It's not just when. But how, isn't it, Matthews? That's right. And it's not easy. So unfortunately, people start getting confused with Medicare planning versus Social Security planning. So uh, they don't make it easy. But I thought there was an interesting uh, stat that only 23% of workers actually considered how they would maximize when they claim. So a lot of people just claim just because they think they can at age 62. And that's uh, usually not the best case scenario to claim Social Security. No, because what happens when you when you claim Social Security earlier than your full retirement age. It's going to be referred to as your FRA when you talk to the Social Security. But when you claim it prior to your full retirement age, you're going to take a reduction in that amount. And that reduction, unfortunately, lasts for the rest of your life. And it can, you really can't make it up. Taking it early reduces the amount that you're going to have in Social Security payments every month, and it lasts forever. And it's going to be more difficult to maintain purchasing power of those dollars throughout your retirement. So uh, it's, it's really important to consider all the factors, consider all the different sources of income that you have to you in retirement, knowing that some can be taken at different periods. You don't have to take it equally or pro rata throughout the entire retirement period, but rather you can take some in certain buckets now, deferring others in other accounts or buckets later and maximize the, the opportunity for utilizing Social Security as one of a primary source for many people of income. Yeah, I think that's the biggest concern for people. They say, well, I, you know, I paid into it. I want the money now. And, you know, what would I be living on? Well, when you run a financial plan, you try to optimize the best way to uh, to claim for, for certain clients. Uh, like you mentioned, full retirement age is either 66 or 67, uh, depending on your age. Uh, and you would usually want to at least wait till full retirement age till you got the full Social Security benefit. You can delay up till 70. Uh, and each year is about 8% increase per year, which can end up being significant over a 30-year period or so uh, in retirement. But there's a lot of things you look at there based on your situation, whether you should be claiming at full retirement age, wait till 70, maybe your spouse should claim a little earlier after full retirement age. So there's different scenarios you look at there and different ways that you show uh, how to bridge that gap in income since they you know, might have a period from 65 till 70 that they need uh, to supplement their lifestyle. And that goes back to, like you mentioned, looking at the different buckets of money and coming up with a, a tax-efficient strategy in order to uh, accomplish that. Well, this is a great introduction to our next five weeks of podcasts at, at the Wiser Roundtable because in the next five weeks, we're going to take each one of these topics and do a full podcast on and dive very deep in there and give you great ideas and great detail on how our listeners can take this information and have a more financial freedom in, in their retirement. Casey Smith will be joining us for those podcasts, and we look forward to him being back. Like I said, if you uh, would like to follow along with these topics, you can go to our website at www.wiserinvestor.com and download this PDF that Matthews has written and follow along from week to week. Thanks for listening. Matthews, great talk today. Thank you. I appreciate it. Enjoyed it. 
Very well written article. Thanks for listening to the Wiser Roundtable podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to subscribe wherever you're listening. That way you don't miss out on new episodes. Head to wiserinvestor.com and reach out if you have any questions. We would love to hear from you. Today's episode was produced and edited by Lilton Moore. Wiser Wealth Management Incorporated is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.